This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 1798. What you can learn about fluency from a two-year-old with Alistair Budge from English Learning for Curious Minds. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection with your American host, Lindsay McMahon, and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Today on the show, we have Alistair Budge, who will tell you three things that he has learned from raising a child in an English-Italian bilingual household. Find out what you can learn about fluency from bilingual kids. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Alistair. How are you today? Welcome to All Ears English. Thank you very much, Lindsay. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, this is fun. I'm excited to have you on the show today and to have our listeners kind of tap into your knowledge and life experience. Guys, today on the show, we have Alistair Budge from the podcast, English Learning from for Curious Minds. Great. And today, Alistair, we're going to talk a little bit about raising kids in a multilingual household. So tell us your story. We're also going to learn a little bit of what we can learn from multilingual kids. So what you guys, our listeners can understand and kind of take on as your methods about what kids do. I'm so excited because kids definitely learn languages in a totally different way from adults. Don't they, Alistair? Uh, I think they certainly do. But I think there's a lot of things that we adults can, can learn from kids. Yeah. So tell us your story, first of all. Tell us about your family. Where do you live? You know, what are you guys up to? Sure. So as you might be able to tell from my accent, I am originally from the UK, from the, just south of London. But I, uh, I met an Italian lady um, and we got married and moved to a tiny country called Malta, which lots of people ask me, where is Malta? Um, some people think it's part of Italy. Some people think it's part of Spain. It is, in fact, its own country. And it's uh, just directly south from Sicily um, to, to the south of Italy, uh, right in the middle of the Mediterranean. Um, wow. And yeah, yeah we, I've been here for, for five years now um, and uh, have a little, a little boy. He's two and a half years old. And um, we are bringing him up bilingually. So I speak English to him, um, and my wife speaks Italian to him. Um, he's he's two and a half, so he's still he's still learning. Um, but it's been a really interesting experience to see how a child manages two languages and how um, just how amazing kids can be at compartmentalizing things and and doing things that we adults find difficult and uh, spend lots of time learning 
for them, it just comes almost naturally. Absolutely. You know, I've always envied kids and the way they think they're so, I think the word is uninhibited, right? They're so uninhibited because they haven't even gotten, especially at two, I imagine your son obviously hasn't gotten to the point where that self-consciousness comes in, right? Uh, my mom is actually a child psychologist. We should have her on this show so she can tap in to tell us when, <laughs> when that happens. But what did you think when you kind of formed your family, how this would go? Like, what did you expect? And then I want to go into your tips here, but I'm curious about that. What did you imagine this would be? Did you think it would be hard, easy? What were your thoughts? So I, um, I actually had bilingual cousins growing up. My, my auntie um, married a, a French man and my cousins were bilingual French and English. And I, they were a little bit younger than, than me. And I always thought it was very, uh, it was firstly cute when they would, you know, use a, a French word in English or, or use an English word in, in French. Um, but also absolutely amazing because these, these four children now have this, this fantastic gift of being able to speak two languages fluently without ever, ever studying really. So, so I thought it, if, if there's a way that you can give a child the, the gift of two languages rather than, rather than just one, what an amazing thing to be able to do. And it also allows that child to be able to connect with their different cultures in a way that is not so easy to do if you just uh, speak one language. Um, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think especially for, for, for parents um, who have grandparents who don't necessarily speak the, the other languages. It's really important, if possible, for the kids to be able to speak the language that the, the grandparents speak, because then you can have you can have a level of connection that is just um, deeper than uh, than kind of sign language and uh, and smiles and cuddles and stuff. I love it. It's so true. I mean, and also just not to mention that you're you know the greatest gift you can give a child is not just you know, A language and B language, it's the ability to learn any language. And if a kid has done that from a very young age, they can now go learn Chinese or whatever they need to, to keep up with the world economy in the future. That's way down the line, but what a wonderful gift. That's fantastic. I love that. That's inspiring. Okay. So let's get into it. So then Alistair, for our listeners who may be raising kids in that multilingual household, or they may just want to learn a few things from kids like your child, right? Who have learned how to do this, who learn in a different way. What are three tips that you could give them today? Well, let me first just start by saying I'm, I'm certainly not the world's greatest expert on raising bilingual children, but, I, but I'm very happy to, to share my, my experience and what has worked and what has not worked. One thing that I think is super important and from everything I've read and everyone I've spoken to seems to be very important is to be consistent. So if you have, uh, if you have one parent who speaks one language, they, they consistently speak that, that language and to not to not mix things up. And in fact, my, my wife and I have had to get a bit more disciplined in this because previously we would kind of speak a mix of English and Italian to each other. Um, and now we have to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more rigid and strict with our own language because otherwise it's, it's confusing to a two-year-old. They just, they just don't know what's, what's actually happening. Interesting. Um, so just to clarify, just to make sure I understand. So you mean that when you're with your wife in the house and, the, and your child's around, you speak in English to her and to him, and then she speaks back in Italian. Is that what you mean? Or, uh, 
Yes. So um, it's more just when we speak to the child. So if I'm speaking to my child, I, I will speak only in English. And if she's speaking to him, she'll speak only in only in Italian. Even if he responds in in a different language, you respond in the um, in the language that you have started with. I see. I see. And then what if he's kind of around and then you two are talking to each other? What language does that end up being? Does that is because he's listening, right? Kids are sponges. They're always listening. How does that work? How does that work? So that's an excellent question. And we haven't really figured out a proper rule for that yet because we, we speak a mixture between the two of us. We speak mainly, mainly English. And sometimes when he hears me speaking Italian, he kind of looks with this slightly strange face. He's like, what's, what's going on there? <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, 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 yeah. so we haven't got a, a proper rule for that yet. Um, that, I think it's nice for it's nice for kids to know that uh, parents can speak both languages and that they can have that kind of fluidity. I think that's an important thing too. Yeah, I love that. Well, I like that. So the first tip is discipline, right? And I think that's so important because even though kids are sponges and they learn in a little bit of a different way, not obviously in an academic way, I think when it comes to learning languages, setting up conditions and being disciplined is so key. So I love that. Uh, so that's number one. So setting the rules, you know, who, who what language are you going to speak to your child and sticking to that? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What would be your second tip here, Alistair? My second tip is is more a tip on what uh, language learners can take from uh, can take from from children and certainly what I've seen uh, with, with my own child is to to listen out more for sounds rather than individual words and l l let me just explain this um, in a little bit more detail yeah so um, I was listening to a podcast the other day uh, I think it's called Deeply Human, where there was a, a lady who was an expert on accent, accents and pronunciation, talking about why kids often have such um, such relative ease at um, at pronouncing words and uh, kind of they don't have accents in in different languages. Right. And her, her theory on this, the theory that she was talking about, was because kids are listening out for particular sounds rather than focusing on the word. And if you're focusing on a particular word, you're projecting your own idea of how it should be pronounced based on your native language. Whereas if you're just focusing on the sound of what's being said, then you're much more likely to be able to recreate that sound. And, uh, and I can tell you a funny uh, anecdote about this is that my wife and I heard a recording of our son speaking Serbian uh, at nursery. And I'm not Serbian. My wife is not Serbian. No one we know is Serbian. But he has a, a Serbian teacher at his um, at his at his nursery at his kindergarten, and uh, she would occasionally speak uh, words in Serbian to him. And he was there, kind of speaking them back, parroting them back, apparently with a a perfect accent in Serbian. Amazing. And 
and this is him, you know, like I'm sure any other child is doing. I'm not trying to claim that my son is right. special. <laughs> but uh, but the, the fact that this child is listening out for the sounds rather than focusing on the words. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's just focusing on the sounds. So I think there's certainly a lesson for the English learners there and people who are conscious about their pronunciation uh, is to focus on the sound and what you're actually hearing rather than worrying so much about the, the, the construction of the word. Yeah, I love that tip. And that's a, that's a funny story. I, I would have been amazed, right? You must have been shocked, like, whoa, oh my gosh, what's happening? Uh, guys, this is a great tip, right? And just to highlight what you said, you know, when we use vocabulary words and we go and we listen for them, we look for them, we're, we're like filtering the new language through our old frames of our own language. Whereas if we can be more of a kid listening for those sounds, it's kind of a more simple way to learn, but a more pure way to learn in a way, isn't it? I would definitely agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I love this. All right. So I'm excited to hear your third tip then. So the tip number three is is also related to um, to what language learners can take from from kids. And that's really just to to take joy in language. Um, it's it's a really funny thing to see how how a child can enjoy discovering new words and uh, connecting with new sounds. In, in an absolutely uh, amazing way that he hears a new sound or he hears a new word, doesn't matter whether it's in English or if, if it's in Italian, and you know, has big smiles and uh, he, wants to, he wants to repeat these sounds. So, so I think the more, um, the more language learners, the more listeners to, to this show can just take joy in, in, in the process of learning, the process of discovering new words and phrases, I think that will be a, a very important part and people can get a lot of success by kind of being more like a child in that respect. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I love it. And, you know, this goes along with our whole idea of connection, not perfection, because, you know, maybe just seeking the joy in the moment of connection is the second step, right? The first step is the joy in the actual learning to learn right? I mean, that smile that comes on your son's face and just wanting to acquire something new and having a sense of wonder like a kid. So that's your assignment for today, guys. We want to get you to go out there in the world and find the joy in just learning. And, you know, I think a lot of times if we're stuck in our textbooks, in our rooms, this may not be as joyful. So that's why, you know, we want to encourage you to go out and find new, more joyful ways to discover the language, not just learn it. I love it. So good, Alistair. Thank you for these three tips. This has been fantastic. Anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners as a closing? Uh, sorry, I, I missed the last bit, Lindsay. Oh, no problem. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up and let them know where, where they can find you? Sure. So uh, as Lindsay said, I have a podcast. It's called English Learning for Curious Minds. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. Um, so if you would like to, to, to listen to that, then just search English Learning for Curious Minds in your favorite podcast app. Yes, and we want to encourage you guys to follow Alistair's show. Check it out. Go and enjoy that. What do you cover on your show, Alistair? Just give us a little sense of, because your topics are, are interesting. They're different. You dig into all sorts of things in history. Tell us a little bit about what you cover on your show. Sure. So the best thing to do is to go to the search bar, either on your favorite podcast app or just on Google and search for English Learning for Curious Minds. 
we make two new episodes every week and there is a real wide range of subjects. Everything from who were the real Peaky Blinders through to the curious history of tea. So go and check it out. I'm sure you will find something that will be of interest to you. Okay, great. It was great meeting you despite the connections. Yeah. <laughs> All right, take care. Uh, yeah. Connection, not perfect. perfect yeah, connection. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Bye. Take care. Thanks so much for your time, Lindsay, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.